Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, the Habs top the Avs in regulation. Kent Hughes has a meeting and so much more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Locked on Canadians, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching on YouTube.com as well. And today's episode is brought to you by the folks at Game Time. All I have to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. And we got a good one for you today, folks. Uh, for those who do not know, if you are new here for whatever reason, I am your host. I am Scott Matla. My co-host is off for the week on some work-related stuff that is unimportant. But otherwise, I am with you here today. We've got so much to go over. We've got an actually thrilling Habs game, and I am not saying that sarcastically. I promise you, 4-3 win over the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to dive into that. Kent Hughes had his midseason check-in, press conference, whatever we want to call it at this point. And Tanner Pearson appears to be nearing a return, which leads to some more roster questions and everything. We'll get to that in our final section later on in this episode. But let's dive right into the fun stuff here. The Habs coming off a disappointing loss to the Oilers, a absolutely terrible effort in against the San Jose Sharks, a weird lack of effort against the Philadelphia Flyers, They came out in this game and went toe-for-toe with the Colorado Avalanche. And yes, the Colorado Avalanche are going through an injury issue of uh, their own, which fine, is fine. But they have a top line that is, uh, to put it lightly, uh, hell on earth to deal with. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and even Jonathan Drouin are just terrifying to play against, backed up by Cal McCarr and Samuel Girard and Devin Tays, and a guy like Josh Manson, they're a team that can be frustrating. And I had my concerns about this one because Nathan McKinnon is playing hockey like he is angry at everybody. And that should be terrifying to anybody who has to line up against him. Uh, Early on in this game, I know Caden Gooley is a very quick skater. I know Mike Matheson is a very quick skater. They were on the ice at separate times against Nathan McKinnon, and I went, Oh, that's what fast, fast looks like. His explosiveness is just absolutely terrifying. And I got to say, the fact that McKinnon didn't get a goal in this one is a pretty impressive kind of showing from the Canadians here because they have got goals from Devin Tays, Cal McCarr, and then they got one early on. And I believe that was Ross Colton on the power play. It was yes it was on the power play anyways it was a game that could have gotten out of hand and the canadians kind of took bits from some of the games they played last week they had a str- the 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 old school counting numbers and i'm going to call them old school in that 
people rely a lot more on expected goals and those percentages than just straight up Corsi for and Corsi against. The counting numbers at five on five aren't going to look good to the Canadians as Colorado generated chances, but the Canadians seem to do a pretty good job of trying to fan things out and clearing away second attempts. There were shifts where Colorado showed that they were a deeper, better team, and they cycled, and the Habs iced it, and they cycled, and yet it never came collapsing down. Uh, we talk a lot about bend but not breaking in games. This was bending, not breaking, and snapping back in the other direction there. Uh, for the Habs, there's a lot of keys in this game, and I know people want this team to lose. They want those draft that higher draft pick, and I am understanding on that. But even the harshest critics looking at this game go, Jake Allen, boosted trade value, great game. We're going to talk about the three-goalie thing in Kent Hughes in our second segment. You get a power play goal early from Uri Slavkovsky, using his reach and his body to his advantage. Great goal. Cole Caulfield, power play goal. You get a first goal of the year, which is mind-blowing for Rafael Harvey-Pinard. Kind of gets the monkey off his back. And then you get a game-winner from Yoel Armia on an incredible second effort in front of goal here. Everything that could have happened in this game, I know people are going to be frustrated that, oh, losses in this. I'm happy with what I saw from the Habs. Because this is a game that they easily could have you know, folded. And they battled. Then they went step-for-step step with a team that is maybe not at its peak, but its star players are playing terrifying hockey. Every time I turn on Twitter when there is an Avs game on, Nathan McKinnon is doing something insane. He's fast. He's so lethal with everything he has in his arsenal. And he plays like everybody is out to get him. I love watching him play. He's a terrifying, he's a menace to society. And the Canadians relatively to everybody else here, kept him in check here. They took a lot from the game against Edmonton where they had to do the same thing with McDavid and Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, etc. And they applied it to this Avs game here and they came out with a win. And here's the thing is their schedule's still not going to get any easier here. And I believe coming up next, Devils on Wednesday, Senators on Thursday. Devils, flawed team, goaltending issues, some injuries to key players. Are a team like Colorado that we're going to see, was this game flash in the pan, or are the Canadians learning from their mistakes and creating new opportunities? The Senators game, just throw everything out the window. I, I am not going to try to logic a Senators game because it will not be possible. That's just not a thing that's going to happen. You, you throw everything out the window in that game, but that's for later on in the week. I'm trying to figure out what the Montreal Canadiens are. They are a team that at some points look really polished and really good. Their power play tonight was phenomenal. Great movement, crisp passes, new looks that the team that the opponents were giving them. They were not forcing plays. Caulfield's goal, brilliant moment of individual effort, still good setup to get him in that position to take that shot around Georgiev. Yuri Slavkovsky was there finally utilizing him in his frame in front of the net that he gets the pass, rebound, and then continues to stretch that through there. That's what we've wanted to see. But then I flash back to like the Oilers game and to the Sharks game, et cetera, where this team doesn't look like anything. 
and I'm trying to wrap my head around what this team is. They're not maybe as baffling as a team like Toronto, where on a given night, Toronto can look like the best team in the world or the worst team in the ECHL, period to period, across the board. The Oilers from the beginning of the year. I'm trying to pin down what the Canadians are. They are not a good team. They are not a horrifically awful team. They are a team that is in a very weird no man's land part of the rebuild where you're hoping and hoping that, you know, are the wheels going to fall off? Or are they going to put it together? As of right now on Tankathon, the Canadians are sitting eighth uh, overall behind the Sabres, Wild, uh, Blue Jackets, Senators, Ducks, Blackhawks, and Sharks. I don't know if this has been updated with uh, tonight's or today's games because I know the Sabres played earlier. Uh, I believe the Blue Jackets played earlier and also won. So there might be some shuffling around and they're still to go. But as of right now, the Canadians are comfortably sitting in bottom eight, top eight, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if I sort this by the league here, the Canadians are 25th uh, in the league with 43 points, one point ahead of the Sabres there, two points ahead of the Wild, and six points up on the Blue Jackets. They've got their work kind of cut out for them in terms of getting to the bottom. However, they are tied for second worst in the league with nine regulation wins. Uh, the Sharks have eight. The Canadians have 14 overtime wins. The Sharks only have 10, which is where that difference is coming from. Uh, they're at 500, though, which is a kind of a wild thing to think about. They are not in the playoff. They're not out of the playoff wildcard chase, but they are. They are six points out at this point behind two teams in front of them in their own division. I can't quite put my finger on what the Montreal Canadiens are yet. I am enjoying the growth and steps that I am seeing this year. Above anything else, that is what I am happy to see. They are a rebuilding team, and they are showing the sparks of why this rebuild will be successful. You look at what Caulfield, Suzuki, and Slavkovsky did tonight. Great. I watched some of the young defensemen, guys like Jordan Harris, guys like Caden Gooley, like Jaden Struble, play above their pay grade. And I've even seen some vets who are still having some fight left in them that when this team is going to take that next step, even if they are not here, we're part of helping to get that young group there. Uh, I am very interested to see where we'll be in a week when we check in on this. The Devils game feels like it could be a trap. The Devils can score. And, you know, beyond that, the Senators game, just like I said, throw it out the window. Uh, we're going to get into so much more in the show. Kent Hughes had a press conference, everybody. We're going to get into what he talked about and more coming up next. But first, as I said, today's show is brought to you by the fine folks at Game Time. And everyone knows buying tickets for crucial events is always a nightmare, but it doesn't have to be when you want to purchase tickets for your next big event. The Bills won in the wildcard round. And the first thing I did today was load up Game Time to check out tickets for their upcoming game against Kansas City, the Taylor Swift, Josh Allen Bowl there. And I got to tell you, I got views from my seat. The price I saw on game time is the price I pay. There is no hidden fees. And guess what? If you're not looking for sporting events, if you're looking for Broadway, if you're looking for concerts, comedy shows, they have you covered there as well. All you have to do is just download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Some terms apply, but again, create an account, download the app, redeem code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off. 
Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. And if you don't know who I am, I am your host for this evening. I am Scott Matla. You can follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Scott Matla, S C O T T M A T L A. Who boy. It was a busy it was a busy holiday day for the Montreal Canadiens and I know that Martin Luther King Day is a day specifically just in the United States but a lot happened on what was uh not a day I was expecting much didn't know Kent Hughes was speaking until you know about an hour before that uh his press conference both said a lot and said little and we're going to kind of dive into some of the bigger nuggets here and I think the biggest thing is when asked about key players, uh, Nick Suzuki, we've seen progression in Nick in his complete game, even more defensively. The points are there. He's becoming a 200-foot player. I'm very happy. That's a direct quote from Kent Hughes. And here's the thing. Cole's a scorer. Talking about Cole Caulfield. He's scoring more than he did since Martin St. Louis got here. Cole's shooting, shooting percentage is at 7%. Last year was 16. Among all players with 11 to 12 goals, he's 112th in efficiency. Caulfield then went out and scored again tonight. He's back on pace for around 25, 30 goals. Yes, the expectations were higher this season. It's been a weird shooting slump, and part of that is the power play not being great. But we're seeing the improvements, and Kent Hughes just doesn't seem overly worried, which doesn't make me think anyone else should. He's obviously he's got disappointment with some of the injuries that are happening right now but he's seeing a good progression at five on five. And we've said it on this podcast all year. There have been games where the Canadians look outstanding at even strength. And then the minute they start taking penalties, everything comes off. And I could point to any number of games. And that's been a thing that happens. Yes. There are some games that they get beat up five on five against good teams. That's going to happen. And I think that's okay. But If they're seeing that improvement, and I think we are too, especially from the top line, and yes, the key part of that quote is the biggest disappointment is the injuries. They lost Kirby Doc for the year. They lost Alex Newhook for most of the year. Christian Dvorak, done for the year. Defensive injuries, everything. It's tough that they've iced a a completely healthy lineup, I want to say zero games this year. There was no Christian Dvorak before Kirby Doc went out, which is unfortunate, We haven't seen what a fully stocked Habs lineup looks like. That means Doc. That means Newhook. That does mean Dvorak. That probably means, you know, you're loaning in the lineup. Maybe Yol Armia or Michael Pozzetta in there as well, depending on how you want to rotate that. Raphael Harvey-Pinard, you have options. We haven't seen what a healthy lineup looks like. We saw when Kirby Doc was playing behind Nick Suzuki in the preseason and in the first two games of the regular season, good things happen. And I think it's good that Ken Hughes is kind of keeping himself on course here a little bit. Uh, He also did mention the three goalies thing. He said it was his decision, Kent Hughes, not Martin St. Louis, not anybody else, because the organization wasn't ready to risk Caden Primo going on waivers because they thought he would be claimed. I got to say, I'm of two minds on this. It is outstanding that they had the faith in Caden Primo to keep him, give him a shot, and him to reward that faith. The downside is right now, you got to move an asset. You have tradable assets in a window where you need to be trading assets. 
And I love, you know, Ken Hughes as a GM. I think he's very good at saying what he's going to do and following through on that. But I am begging him now more than ever, please trade your tradable assets. We learned this from Josh. I almost said Josh Allen, which again, sorry, Bill's on the mind. Josh Anderson last year. If you were being offered things, take those opportunities. You know, uh, I'm curious because we are now, I believe, a month and a half, maybe two months out from the trade deadline. What's going to change in, like, let's say the next four weeks? We know Montembeau is staying. Beyond that, who knows? Uh, Hughes had a lot of praise for Jean-Francois Houle and the Laval Rocket. They've done a great job. Mentioned the improvements in Arbor Jacki's overall game. Logan Mayu's overall game, seen the improvements there. And this quote, I think, is also very important. They live our injuries and their injuries. The Rocket feel every bump and bruise the Canadians take as players go up and they are down and they are missing players down here. Both of these teams have gone through a lot of injuries this year. We talked about Sean Farrell being out. We talked about Brady Keeper being out, Nathan Legale being out, uh, Gabriel Bork missing time. We've they feel it, especially because it's hard. They're on the road a lot. And the Lions in the ECHL, also not fully stocked. Those minor league teams feel that. And to be getting positive results out of everything is a really good job by Jean-Francois, who I I was up in the air. Are they going to extend him? Are they not? I still really don't know. But I think for a guy that was not brought in by this current regime, that Jean-Francois Hull has done everything possible to keep the faith of the people in front of him there. It's hard to be a guy who wasn't the guy of the guy, if that makes sense. Martin St. Louis is Kent Hughes' guy as a coach. Jean-Francois Hull was Mark Bergevin's hire. It is hard to be that person there and to get results and to do everything possible is a key thing. And the biggest thing is right now, trades, Sean Monahan. Uh, Ken Hughes on if there's an urgency to trade from the young D core to address other areas need where we have chances to rebalance the leisure, so to speak, we'll pursue them. Do I feel like we have a gun to our head to do that right now? No, not at all. And he also asked if Sean Monahan would receive a contract extension Anything is possible, which reads, we may trade him and then sign him again, which you know what? Great. I, I like Sean Monahan as a, as a depth guy on this team. I think he's done everything you can ask of him there. Uh, they're monitoring the left side of the defense to see if they need to add there, but they're not urgently trying to make a move. And I think this is where Ken Hughes is being very smart. The Canadians are in a position that they can make a move, likely need to, but are not rushing into the first deal available. We've seen more goaltenders come available. Uh, Elvis Merzlikin asking for a trade, et cetera. And now we're wondering what is next. So the next month is going to be crucial. Will Monaghan start to pile up more points? You know, what goaltenders are going to stand out? Jake Allen had a great game tonight against a really good Avs team. We're going to find out more. And also, what does that mean for someone like Tanner Pearson, who is set to come back from injury? Well, if Pearson's coming back, the roster shuffle is going to begin soon, and I'm going to get into all that coming up in our final segment. And before we do that, it's the halfway point of the NHL season, Habs fans, and we know they're inconsistent, sometimes frustratingly, sometimes not. But regardless of where the Habs are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app 
of the Locked On NHL Network. And Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey. All you have to do is pick whether guys like is Cole Caulfield going to keep that goal scoring streak going. Is Sidney Crosby going to close in on 50 goals? Pick your best players. And if they will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus or more in a given game. And to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, folks. That's 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks. Just use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit terms and conditions will apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back and I, uh, I hate to do this to you all. It is the final segment of this show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. If you have mailbag questions or have expanded things you want to talk about, you can follow me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Scott Matla, S-C-O-T-T-M-A-T-L-A. Let's jump into the final segment here before we wrap it up for the night. There was some positive injury news for the Canadians coming into this game against the Avalanche. Uh, they had an optional skate, so you know a lot of the younger guys, the goalies, some of the defense, just getting a workout before game day against the abs and before the optional skate tanner pearson was working with adam nicholas and i believe it was renaud lavoie who pointed out that this kind of matches up with the timeline when tanner pearson was injured they said up to six weeks or about six weeks we are about that point give or take a little bit here five and a half almost which means his return can't be too far off and there's also we don't know what's going on with Josh Anderson. And people are going to look at this and go, well, what does that mean for the Canadians roster? Remember, Yoel Armia was called up as an injury replacement and is kind of stuck in the meantime. They've yo-yoed Emil Heineman back and forth a little bit, and Joshua was up on emergency recall at this exact moment. The biggest thing that it means right now is Yoel, or not Yoel Armia, Joshua Waugh will have to go back to the Laval Rocket. And I think they're kind of anticipating that Wa took one shift in the third period against the Avs at 15-15, didn't play after that. Yes, yes, he alone was also out, uh, was not, had not returned to the game after and something happened in the second period. We'll find out more on his status during the week here. But the biggest thing is Wa will go down, which opens space either for Anderson or Pearson, whomever is back first. But with that lingering injury, there is still another move that needs to be made at this point. And I imagine if it's Yelonen being out for more than a little bit, he goes on IR and they just open up that spot and kind of punt that ball down the line a little bit there. How long is that ball going to go down the line for? That's a very good question. They can also potentially do the unpopular thing and send a defenseman down as well. Carry only six defensemen, which is not the choice that I would make personally for myself. Uh, it's an interesting time because Tanner Pearson is also one of those expiring deals. Yeah, you can sit him for a game or two here or there, but if you aren't going to do anything that creates an opportunity to move him and up his value, you might as well just trade him now. And I don't think there is a, a high demand for Tanner Pearson right now in the market there. 
And it also kind of shuffles. What are you going to do with the lineup? Okay, if we're assuming Joshua was in the AHL, and let's say for all intents and purposes, Jesse Alonen is injured on IR. You have two roster spots, and you have Pearson, and you have Josh Anderson. Where do you put these players? I assume Anderson would go back into Waz's spot. Do you skate Tanner Pearson on the fourth line? Or do you move someone like Rafael Harvey-Pinard down or Yoel Armia down to kind of, I guess, skill? I'm going to say skillify, and I know that's not a word. I apologize. Uh, the fourth line a little bit. And the big thing is maybe you maybe there is something in the works here. I, I haven't looked at Twitter, but I my phone is also not blowing up with pings about anything quite yet. Everything seems to be lining up for something to burst here. Yeah, one of those roster spots is being held by a third goalie. Maybe they finally make that move. And I know I've been saying it for two months. Uh, the biggest thing is, though, is it gives the Canadians some flexibility with their lineup and even more so the Rocket, who are battling for their playoff lives. And I haven't checked to see where they're at after uh, the recent slate of games. But the last I checked, yep, they are still fourth in the North Division uh, in a playoff spot right now above 500 with a couple of crucial games coming up this week as well. I The biggest thing out of Tanner Pearson's return is and I know that this is weird. This is an NHL podcast, and most people likely don't care about the Rocket the way I do. Is that it helps that team get healthy because this weekend they have two games against Belleville, one on Friday, one on Saturday. They're playing a home and home with a team that's been their boogeyman. I would I would love to have the Rocket at full strength for those games. I want them to keep this run of form happening because they've got their I believe. They're on a hell of a streak right now. They are 6-0-1 in their last on a 6-0-1 streak, 8-1-1 in their last 10 games. They are hot and they are doing that without regular games from Heineman. Joshua Watt called up injuries to Sean Farrell, Gabriel Bork missing some time. They've done everything they can to keep that ship afloat. The biggest impact of some of these vets returning is that your AHL team, which Kent Hughes just praised for doing all the right things and showing improvement is only going to get better. And they're going to get those winning habits drilled in there and winning tough games and then be closer and closer to being called up. Also with the Senators game being the way that it is, I wouldn't be surprised if Arbor Jack guy is on the way up just for that game. And then back to Laval on Friday where he can then play the Senators again. I don't want to call up a guy just to have him fight people, but I'm also not above watching uh, the sheriff crack skulls of a poverty franchise. So I'm kind of shifting off my main point here is that Tanner Pearson's return means only good things for the Laval rocket and kind of starts a timer a little bit for Hughes has to make a decision on the goalies on these spare forwards and start clearing a little bit of this clutter away. You ever seen someone shear a sheep that hasn't been sheared in a little bit and you're just watching little bits come off and then just flaps and all of a sudden, there's something brand new underneath there. That is Kent Hughes trying to kind of sculpt out this Habs team here. There's a lot of turnover that could happen here, and especially depending on what happens at the trade deadline this year. And I know we're a month and a half out from the trade deadline. Way too soon to be worrying about that. I understand that. But I'm hoping that this is them getting ready here. Because Hughes is a master of saying nothing and then doing something completely out of the blue. Did it with the Casey to Smith trade. We knew they were going to trade players, but at the same time, 
I'm very interested to see. And I keep saying curious because, again, I don't know what this team is. They are both not terrible and also not good or great, I should say, on a given night. And the GM, who speaks a lot more freely than the previous regime, still manages to keep everything very close to the vest. Yeah, you hear smoke and fire here and there, but that's insider speak. There's a lot of fun things potentially coming down the pipeline here. Uh, As I said, Rocket play Friday and Saturday this week. The Habs play Wednesday and Thursday, and I believe also on Saturday. Going to be some juggling going on there, especially if Tanner Pearson is ready to come back. Maybe they give him a, a, a conditioning assignment for a couple of games. Just let him get his feet back underneath him been out a little while who knows uh until then you're just gonna have to follow me on twitter at scott matla my co-host is at the active stick you can follow our show at lo underscore canadians wherever uh well on twitter you can find us on youtube at or as locked on canadians wherever you find your daily podcast google apple spotify check out locked on sports today a 24 7 stream with all of our local experts i am going to bid you all adieu and i will see you all next time